0: hello and welcome to episode 93 of the movie brats podcast i am carter and joining me As always is Jonathan. How are you doing Jonathan?
1: I'm excited for award season. I mean by the time this episode (laughs) drops we probably (laughs) will have had the Oscar nominations and one of the movies we're going to review will be nominated probably one of the most nominated films would you say?
0: I would imagine so and uh, we are also going to do an episode on our 10 favorite films of the year in the near future and I can very much imagine that the first movie we'll be talking about will be quite high on my list. Uh, That movie is Four Things, the latest movie by director Yorgos Lanthimos, who has previously directed The Favorite, The Lobster, and in his native country of Greece, the movie Dogtooth. Uh, It stars Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe, among many others in a pretty large ensemble cast. Uh, The movie is set in Victorian London, or at least a fantasy version of Victoria in London in which a woman is resurrected with the brain of a newborn child. And as she discovers more about herself and the world around her, she embarks a various cast of characters who teach her more about the world and how complicated it can be. It originally premiered September 1st at the Venice Film Festival and was released wide in the U.S. or at least released in select theaters in the U.S. on December 8th uh, it has a Metacritic score of 87 and a Rotten Tomato score of 93. Uh, you have been a fan of this director probably longer than I have. Uh, I've still yet to actually see Dog Tooth. Don't crucify me for that. Uh, but of his English language movies, I've been a massive fan of all of them. And I think that this is my favorite of all of them so far. I think Emma Stone gives the performance of the year uh i think i would go on a ledge and say that i think it's one of the best movie acting performances i've seen in quite some time um i know that you probably liked this but maybe you didn't like it quite as much as i did what did you think of four things jonathan no i very much liked it i just it's one of those
1: things where there are so many films i liked last year there's other ones i liked even more but it's very strong movie and it's so bold and kind of transgressive and weird like it's really weird we're talking about boy in the uh heron being weird but this is like adult weird it's sexual and frank and
0: very sexual more so than yes. almost any other american movie i've seen without an nc-17 writing to be honest
1: yeah, and I think Emma. I mean, I would vote for Emma Stone for Best Actress, and I think Mark Ruffalo has never been better. He would, yes. I think. I mean, there's so many Best Supporting Actor, like the, you know, you have Robert Downey Jr., and Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling, and Barbie, Charles, Charles Melton, and Matis, yeah. Robert De Niro being a, one of the best things he's done in 25 years in Killers of the Flower Moon. But uh, and I also have to say, Glenn Howerton really should be nominated for Blackberry. Yeah, uh, but. Um, I mean, I can go on. There's so many Dominic Sess and The Holdovers, but I I mean, I think I would vote for Mark Ruffalo because he's just, he's so funny. He's like a, a CAD version of Charlie Chaplin in this. He's doing <laughs> some just, it it's just so delivers in this film. And it's a, one of my friends was talking about how more than like any movie from last year he saw, it's a film where it's just, it a director is in such a, command of his craft and like building a world and like sticking to a vision
0: oh it just clicked in my head we were talking about when we reviewed mice for a movie going from black and white to color this is what i was thinking of um because the movie it it starts off really really weird in a way that i think could put off a lot of audience members um it's not like it gets less weird as it goes on but um like Oppenheimer in some ways it's a movie that is very much presented in a subjective point of view we are very much seeing what's happening in this movie through Emma Stone's character who starts off you know with the brain of an infant and sees things in a certain way and it makes really excellent use of it was something he did a lot in the favorite I'm not sure if he had done it in movies before that using a fisheye lens to sort of emphasize the subjectivity in character. Um, and make you as an audience member take notice that this is this is different. You're sort of supposed to be noticing I'm doing something different here and, and pay attention. Um, but even the score develops in really interesting ways where at the beginning of the movie, it's like a very strange experimental, in some ways kind of off-putting and dissonant kind of score that makes use of non-traditional instruments. And in a lot of ways, it's just kind of sounds. But as the movie goes on, and Emma Stone's character Bella Baxter becomes more sentient of the world around her and understanding her personal beliefs, and has a more nuanced and understanding way of interpreting the world around you, the score it never really becomes a traditional score, but it becomes more normal and slightly less off-putting. Um, but I should we should point out it's
1: pretty amazing. Uh, the composer's first score ever, never done anything. Really? They're only only credited on IMDB.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Because yeah. it's incredible. It's it is so essential to your experience of the movie. That's it kind of insane. I and mean, I'm sure your ghost line of the most was, as all directors are influential in, in what shapes a score, and they're very all tour directors like him are very sort of certain of what. They want the movie to sound like what they want it to look like, how all things feed together. But that's crazy that this was his first score. That really is. I think he makes a cameo in the movie. I saw that, but that was the most I knew about it. Um, but this is Yorgos's and Emma Stone's third collaboration together because they made a short film between the favorite and this one, I think.
1: Yeah, they've already shot another feature that's uh probably would have come out last year if it weren't for the strike, but at least yeah. it's coming up. And uh, they're talking about doing yet another one. Yeah. So
0: I think we're seeing like a pretty amazing actor director collaboration happening in real time Um, because Emma Stone's always been a great actress. Uh, I mean, she's always had a talent for comedy and mixing in like real incredible sort of pathos and and empathy and and making you feel for her characters. It was a very deserving win, I think for La La Land. Um, But I'd never seen her quite like this before. I'd never really seen a character in a movie quite like this before, to be honest. Isabelle Huppert should have won for Elle.
1: But uh, <laughs> I will say that, uh, you know, if she'd get my vote for best actresses, I mean, I'd be totally happy to see Lee Gladstone win for yes. Killers. Although arguably you could say, even though she's like the center of that film, she might be supporting more. She should have been in supporting category. I don't. That know. would
0: give her a better chance of winning, I think. Yeah,
1: uh, but I think that it's not going to happen if they're pushing her for lead. Uh, but yeah, uh, Emma Stone just is so. She's just so funny and just so. I mean, like, I don't like to use the word brave, like you know, firefighters it is. Are, are brave. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, but in the in the context of like an artist, you know, bearing themselves, and not just because, like, yeah, she's naked and having sex a lot in the movie, but it's just such a you know out there performance. Yes, and sh- she's talked about how she totally felt safe. Uh, in 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 the hands of her director because she knew she could go way out there and she knew that uh, Yorgos Lanthimos would you know make the film that worked you know you know as far out and as weird as it is it's like in the same way the lobster is a film that is just such a crazy premise but in the kind of weird kind of dream logic or kind of the understanding like the logic of the, the internal the logic secret, of the world yeah it's like, I don't want to give it away in case anyone hasn't seen it, but like the last scene of the lobster is basically like someone is about to probably poke their eyes out with a steak knife. And it's one of the most legitimately like deeply romantic scenes in a movie in the last decade. And like there's scenes in the in poor things where like in, in any other movie or any other context, it would be like off-putting or just like totally bizarre. uh, And it works though. There's just this kind of, it's, there's just such uh, he kn- he the tone is so right and he knows yes. and it's it's the same writer of Tony McNamara, yes yeah and it has this you know in in a lot of ways in a weird even though this film is uh, you know comedy dark comedy well this film is it reminds me of a lot of a Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like even darker, and but the doc- clockwork orange is kind of a dark comedy to me too. It's, it's yeah. so dark, but, but it's like the language is so specific. There's this like kind of her learning, you know, what words and what the world means. And yes. there's the kind of questioning about free will and what makes someone a human. Yes. And there's, and even some of the visuals, just kind of the was like when she goes into the brothel and like the light is from the floor. Like it reminds me- well, That was very
0: like, Clockwork Orange, I think. Yeah. Maybe intentionally. Um, yeah. And also but, I, I, it connects to uh,
1: the film Dogtooth about kind of the the family not, but, you know, the, the family not knowing, uh, not telling their children what you know things really mean and they have this like really perverse idea of like society and family and sex so i i really it would be if if someone has actually never seen one of Jorgos lanthimos's films before actually dogtooth might be the one to st- you know to watch oh you think so it for things uh i mean you know, of course you don't the, want to just the throw them fa- in the deep end with this one <laughs> well the fa- well it was throwing them in the deep end would be watching dog tooth because that's a weird, oh you think so yeah yeah that's that's one of the very few movies that i showed my mom and afterwards she like wouldn't talk to me for a little bit she was oh, like really? so like like i mean she's not like offended by the movie but she was just like so kind of like i don't like that you
0: made me watch this
1: (laughs) yeah and it's a movie that david lynch called a great great comedy uh so it's like that's saying something i know it's like my mom said well yeah that's like should have been a telling sign for my taste but um but uh yeah i mean i think that also i like the fact this film has uh use of they've done this in more recent years i know oddly the mandalorian is when they have these l these these screens oh the the wall yeah, what's called LDL? What's the letters? LCD, LED, LED, yeah, L, LED whatever. I don't but know. it's like we're not technical it's, people. <laughs> I know. So like when they're looking out on the uh, the ship, it's like yes. the actors are actually looking at you know not an actual sea, but they're looking at an actual screen projecting an ocean.
0: Well, but why it really worked is that this isn't a, like a naturalistic movie. not. The whole thing is filmed on sets, the whole movie. Yeah, they're not like trying to give off the illusion like this is what the real world really looks like. And I think when people try to use technology like that to give the impression of reality, sometimes it can really not work. But because this is like a heightened alternative kind of like steampunk science fiction reality, it works incredibly well. It's like Um, Metropolis on acid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's, I like how many different cultural things it's pulling from like Frankenstein and Jules Verne and all that sort of stuff. But despite all of its influences and the things it's pulling on, it feels incredibly unique. And I know it's an adaptation, uh, by a novel I've seen in some ways it departs from it, but basically the, the story is, you know, is what is portrayed in the novel. Um, but despite being an adaptation, it feels very original and, and very unique and very much born out of Yorgos Lanthimos's kind of messed up vision of, of the world and humanity. Um if we're talking about like strange pairings, I think this would make an interesting double feature with Barbie, because in a lot of ways it's it's about self-discovery and figuring out what the world is really like and sort of our impression of what the world is like is not necessarily what it really is and and being exposed to negative things and, and bad things can sometimes lead to growth as a person and it reminded me of the the journey of siddhartha Gautama to becoming buddha
1: if we want to take well, it to very high levels <laughs> one film critic said it's uh poor things was like barbie on absence.
0: <laughs> yeah because it's 19th century hallucinogenic well that's a, one, a good way it, of describing it is it ever made clear actually when the film's
1: set do they say it or is it just we're supposed to assume it's in this weird like mix of like I think past...
0: yeah I think we're supposed to sort of assume from the skyline that they show when she's on the roof of London and specifically like the hospital that Willem Dafoe's character is in charge of that it's kind of 1870s, 1880s Victorian London. But there's like flying vehicles in the sky Yes, yes. But because it's, you know, it's like a Jules Verne version of the world where these sort of things are happening. Um, Yeah, it's not a naturalistic movie by any means. I mean, if we were to sort of go on the, um, what is it, Siegfried Krakauer, formalism versus realism, it very much veers to formalism. Uh, It's not a realistic movie. doesn't have naturalistic performances. I don't think... Anyone really is is giving like a, well, a realistic performance in this
1: movie. Oddly, the one who's the most realistic, even though he has the most kind of outrageous look, is Willem is Dafoe. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know, and he looks like you know like Frankenstein's monster with his face. But you know, it's this is very weird Oscar trivia. So it seems very it's weird. Mark Ruffalo was not nominated at the Critics Choice for, but Willem Dafoe was. If both of them are nominated, it will be the fifth year in a row that two actors were nominated for supporting actor for a uh, same film yeah but like you
0: said just, it's just such a loaded category this year um yeah it's but, one uh, that I, you'd really like there for to be instead of being like 10 spots for best picture you'd like 10 for supporting actor i know it's like i I mean I, it's like i listed like six or seven already and, <laughs> yeah, and then there's, there's still like, some more uh i know but even I mean, like it's, rami it's, yusuf chris rabbit jared carmichael I mean, are really really good this it's got a great ensemble cast for every everyone it's gets fun.
1: great performances it's fun yeah I think uh Rami yourself, who I've never seen a show I've never seen him in anything that I know of uh he's really good in the movie. He's, he's incredible the yeah <laughs> and uh he uh he, he has this quality of being like he's really cute looking but he's also like he, it's it's like he he has this kind of puppy dog humanity to him you know what I mean yeah he's right? like, like got this innocence
0: here right um, and he's he's not necessarily approving of what's going on but he he goes along with it I, because he's so taken with, with Stone's character in yeah, a lot of ways it's
1: it, it, and we I mean I just want to go off a little bit more like Mark Ruffalo is just so good at he's yes. so funny one
0: and of the just... great performances of like a profane dialogue as well like I've oh seen. yeah no and one curses like he does in this whole yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly
1: yeah yeah it, and it, it has to be a reference a little bit uh street crying and desire he's so going bella yes thought oh, that right yeah <laughs> yes. uh, okay but, uh, uh in all and Catherine Hunter, who you like so much, in one of your favorite movies, uh, from uh, McFadden. Did they like? Is she actually that smaller? Did they like like do some stuff to make? I her don't smaller? know.
0: There's a one scene where she's like, you know, only wearing like a corset or whatever, and she's very tattooed. It doesn't look real. Like her body does not look real. <laughs> Let's it smoke. looks like it looks like Benjamin Button when he Brad yeah. really small and old but young. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I was like, "Whoa,
1: what is going on?" <laughs> well, there's not a triplet, so I mean, there weren't three of her really for Macbeth. So, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but, but uh, yeah, I, and then I like seeing Hannah Skull go or whatever you say her name who was in all these Caspender films. Yeah, she was the old woman with As I mean, a sort like of old thought, woman. It's like one film critic said, I just want to see a spin-off movie with the two of them going on vacations
0: together. Her and you know? Jared Carmichael.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like that it's even though it's like this weird, you can kind of mix a period piece and, you know, steampunk that it has quite a diverse cast. Like it's interesting yeah. seeing, you know, seeing, you know, such a diverse cast in this, you know, you don't usually see him in these type of, I mean, there's no no movie quite like this, but let's just say kind of the period, period piece. Period piece. Yeah, if you right. want to call I it I mean, that. partially it's just historically, if you're being historically accurate. Yes. But uh, this is a fantasy, you know, weird movie. Yeah, uh, it's so, sort yeah. of
0: funny to see this. I mean, it is science fiction. Yeah. But it's not like really i mean it that's obviously sort of the impetus of the movie is this sort of frankenstein like thing and i think frankenstein yeah. for a lot of people is like the the first science fiction movie but it's just such a different kind of science well, fiction Metropolis that we, was before that. no i mean i mean work i i should say the, oh, the yeah, modern yeah, like prometheus 200. yeah written by right. mary shelley i think is generally credited and i think like the first horror thing is the the vampire which came out of that have you ever seen that ken russell movie about that that event where they have the, the storytelling contest no. oh it's really bizarre uh it has uh it's I, I we don't need to go into that but it's very strange ken russell's a weird guy uh but in a lot of ways it's kind of similar. never
1: never seen a single movie by him he's a big uh oh really gap for me yeah oh I'm well facebook women in love is his, fantastic i'm facebook friends with his widow and i've never actually seen any of his movies i feel bad but i will get to them you someday should, you
0: should admit that to her on facebook say i've never actually yeah. seen any of his movies um but uh but no, I, I,
1: I just, uh, yeah, I, like, I don't think this would make my top 10, but like, I don't have a good excuse for why it isn't. <laughs> like, it just, I, like, I just, I really like, I think I like The Lobster more, like, uh, yeah. but um, I, I've I seen this twice
0: like... already. I've saw it another time. Yeah. Because uh, it was I a really, that's... it's one of those things where I love going to the movie theater, but sometimes stuff just messes up and the sound like kept going in and out when I saw it the first time and I still really enjoyed oh, seeing God. it but it was not I at some point I thought was like is this intentional is this like a really strange creative choice My your gross And then I was like no I don't think it is um so I had to see it again to fully appreciate it and it does some really strange things like it has it has these like title card interludes when they travel to different places and really strange abstract title cards that yeah, um, I, I need um, to to look more into them to see what exactly he's trying to indicate through these images. But it's just unusual yeah. stuff. It rem- I saw I I to credit the
1: uh, Chrissy Lemire on Breakfast All Day was talking about this. I thought the same thing. It reminded her. Did you ever see the Lars von Trier film Breaking the Waves? Mm-mm. That they that I we both had the same idea that it very much reminded of of in that film. Where there are these like really striking inner titles, like in between the like kind of breaking the film into sections, that uh, we both thought it reminded us of that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's certainly another. I think you know in the tradition of Lars von Trier, Yorgos Lanthimos is like one of these uh provocative European directors who like gets like major actors in his movies to do yeah. like really pushes them. I mean, I, and I like the fact that you know Emma Stone, who had been in like really good comedies, but like you know super bad and easy a and uh, and then she's the like doing this, like hardcore. Uh, I mean, not like actual pornographic but like hardcore art. Like this is a hardcore art house movie.
0: Yes, it's. I can't think of another mainstream Hollywood movie that has as much sex in this. Um, yeah. Well, I when really you can't. say Hollywood, is it, a, is it even a Hollywood movie? It's, it's, like, it's got Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo in it. Of course, it is. It's an adventure yeah, like, and one of the great comedy actresses in the last
1: twenty five years. I know, but it's like a Melancholia with Kirsten Dunst. Like, you know, is that a Yeah, Hollywood? that's a Hollywood movie.
0: I mean, I mean, maybe saying Hollywood. I mean, who produced this? Let's see. I mean. What's like a multiple? Film 4 well, Element, TSG. Yeah. Okay. It's not like a major studio movie. So maybe calling it a Hollywood movie is.
1: You know, it's like Fox Searchlight is uh, uh, releasing. It's the international like distributor.
0: Writer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, But you also thought of a Clockwork Orange yes movie. definitely especially the parts in paris when she's in the um the brothel was very clockwork orange um in the
1: language so it's just so like you know jumping on my hairy patch or whatever she yes says,
0: like... uh the um furious jumping and yeah, stuff yeah. like that uh it's just it's such a unique movie uh, it's definitely not for everybody uh no. i think that's probably fair to say but it, it's also one you really need to get on its wavelength you sort of need to let it take you where it's gonna go um you need a you need to meet it halfway i think in a lot of ways because it's, it's very unusual and uh, i don't know sometimes it's very difficult for me to put myself in the place of like someone who sees three movies a year in a movie theater and how someone like that would react to something like this um, and they wouldn't see it no they wouldn't <laughs> but you know is a big if, star
1: or or unless they're like oh like we're gonna see five of the major nominees like the, like if you're gonna see like five nominee, like you this should be one of them because it's like going to get probably best director nomination best actor at least one supporting actor nomination you know best Make picture sure. adapted
0: screenplay yeah
1: yeah. And some technical awards, I would think, because it's so, you know, costume, like costume design. Would love crazy. to
0: see it nominated for original score. Would love that. This is one of my favorite scores in a long, long time. I thought it was incredible. And did you
1: know that it was the guy's first? No, I had ever. no
0: idea until you I like that. It blows me away, to be honest. We should
1: say his name. I don't even know
0: who it is. It's, it's, it's His recurring. name is Yerskin Fendrix. Very strange name. Uh, he's an Englishman
1: sounds like a character in the movie
0: yeah right he looks like one as well with his glasses um yes apparently his style is described as electropunk and ultra modern pop so there you go there you uh go. <laughs> born in shropshire attended the university of cambridge so give him his his, his credit uh so uh yeah I mark ruffalo is that... amazing chris yeah. rabbit shows up near the end one of who's in one of my favorite movies of the year, uh, with Margaret Qualley, who's also in this movie.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, the the next one that's um, coming out is also going to have a lot of the same cast. It's going to have Emma Stone mm-hmm. and Margaret Qualley. Um, at least those two. I think Willem Dafoe may be in that one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it changed titles. It was originally called And, just A and D. Now it's going to be called "Kinds of Kindness." It's a Ooh. anthology film, and it's a better uh, title. Yeah, it's called, yeah. It's Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Margaret Qualley from this film, but also it's going to have Jesse Plemons. Uh, Who's in everything um, now? Hong Chow, Joe uh, Alwyn, Joe Alwyn, who
0: was in the favorite. Yeah.
1: Yes. Taylor um, Swift's sex. Yes. But uh, I know him as the star of Claire <laughs> Denis' Stars at Noon. Stars of the
0: Noon, college. another hypersexual release from yeah. the last few years. Um, yes. Well, should we go on to our next movie? Uh, yes, movie? which also has a heightened version of kind of strangely, chron- or strangely time perioded Europe in a sort of nonsense city that I was trying to figure out where it was the whole time I was watching it. Um, that movie is Wonka. Directed by Paul King, who is best known for directing Paddington and Paddington Two, it is a musical starring Timothy Chalamet, Keegan Michael Key, Olivia Coleman, Hugh Grant, and many many others in a very large ensemble cast. It tells the origin story of Roald Dahl's beloved character Willy Wonka as he makes his way in the world as a chocolatier, a chocolatier. Uh, It premiered October 24th at Show East. Have you ever heard of this expo for film distributors? No. Yeah, neither had I. I was like, what the hell is that? Show East. Um, but Apparently, it's like, you know, where film exhibitors watch movies and talk about how much money they're going to make. It was released wide in the US December 15th, a Metacritic score of 66 and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 82. Uh, I really like this movie. And I'm a huge fan of Paddington and Paddington 2. I would say that this is very much like a Wonka confection that you eat and it's very sweet and you enjoy it, but then you sort of forget about it afterwards. But while you're consuming it, it is very fun and pleasurable and an enjoyable experience. Um, Definitely not one of the great movies of the year. Uh, although I am enjoying this sort of resurgence in the musical that we're seeing uh, with The Color Purple and West Side Story from a few years ago, and I'm sure a few others that I'm not remembering. This is not necessarily a piece of intellectual property I'm super committed to, or I'm not exactly a massive Roald Dahl fan. I actually don't really like the original movie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, it kind of scares no, me. wait. It is very Willy Wonk Willy Wonka, is that what it's called? Charlie yes. and Chocolate Factory is the Tim Burton one? Yes. But the book is called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Correct. So you can understand my confusion. <laughs> yes. But I am not a big fan of the one, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I don't like it very much. It's I'm th- not either. Yeah, it's one of the movies that I kind of, it kind of like is really off-putting for me. The The way it looks, the stuff that happens in it, I don't like it. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Oh, but I really well, liked this one. Um, I
1: loathed Wonka. I loathed it. You loathed I, it? I think it's one of the worst films of the year. I felt sick. Jonathan, during... you
0: have no heart.
1: <laughs> I I just was like I I was uncomfortable during this movie. It was just like one of my friends, a uh, film critic named Sean. Uh, he's posted, uh, "Bring insulin," was his comment about this movie. Disgusting. I just was nauseous. Like I really was <laughs> like I I felt there was like five full minutes of the movie that I missed collectively because there was every like. Thirty seconds. Every ninety seconds, I would just like close my eyes and go like, "Oh God!" <laughs> it's just like it was so bad. I, 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 I thought it was the, great. I liked it a lot. I'm <laughs> like Okay. I, I love Roald Dahl. I grew up reading his work. I, he's like. A, See, we're I, approaching I,
0: this from very different perspectives. Then.
1: I, I'm a big fan of Roald Dahl. I've read, you know, basically all of his children's not, not you know, family children's novels. You know, Matilda, the James Bf. the Giant Peach. Yeah, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Which is one reason why I don't have the affection for the original film. And I've heard that he was not a fan of that film. Really? Uh, I think that... now I'll say this. I think Gene Wilder is fantastic in the film. I love the performance. But basically everything else in the film I don't like very much. Yeah. It's like, okay... Like, I don't, like, hate the movie. I don't dislike it, but it's I like... I kind of hate it. But, I mean, I what, what I... What I, I actually, this is like contrarian to a lot of people, but I like the, t- I actually like the Tim Burton film quite a bit. I've only I seen think, it one time. So it's I think it, I think it's, I mean, this might be kind of damning with faint praise, but I think it's, uh, you know, one of his best films in the last 20 years. That is I mean, damning with <laughs> faint praise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really like Sweeney Todd, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, and it's weird. It's kind of like the opposite. Like I, I, I don't mind Johnny Depp's weird, like, uh, game big toothy
0: like, performance
1: like like it's like a mix of like a children's show host and Michael Jackson like there's yeah. a weird thing he's doing but like i don't mind it but like everything else in the movie i really like the character like the the actors you know you have a young freddie highmore and like the you know creation of the factory and like i like like so i love gene wilder don't like the rest of the movie that much i i okay with J- johnny depp the rest of the, everything else in the movie a charlie and chocolate factory i really like um one thing I like about the Tim Burton film is that it has this darkness. It has this like kind of cynical edge to it. And Wonka is just total like flower. Oh, it has no just... cynical edge. No. <laughs> no. And and I and it's like untrue to doll. And Maybe. I feel like there is like a little bit of sadness and melancholy in the film. It's like, oh, where's the child's parent? But there's it's just like it's it's aggressively fluffy and I just yes. was like I, I was just like I I, I mean I, I'm not like being like hyperbunk. I was like really like like legitimately uncomfortable. It's like I just was so repelled by the movie. And I just think that it's so it it's also just there's so much CGI that it just feels
0: so hollow.
1: And it just feels so fake. And I give credit to Timothy Chalamet for going out and like doing kind of a weird performance. But it doesn't work. Want- I know, it's like he's going to play Bob Dylan next, you know, but I just...
0: It, like, well, it, sorry it, to interrupt, like, but the internet campaign to replace him with Dominic Sessa, I am very much in favor of. <laughs> well, I mean, I do
1: think that... Uh, well, one thing you're talking about, like the resurgence of the musical, it's like 10 seconds after this movie was over, could you like like hum... Any of the songs?
0: Single? No, I couldn't.
1: No, did that <laughs> make it a good musical? I mean, I just... I will say that... Um, You know, I really, uh, I think, like, one of the, you know, saving, I mean, it doesn't save the movie, the film's awful, but one of the things that makes the movie tolerable in bits is, like, I think Olivia Coleman and the man playing. Very funny. Yeah, they 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 have kind of an edge to them that is missing in the rest of the movie. They're they're kind of doing I mean it's also like there's a Dickens quality to the film, Charles it's Dickens. It's very
0: Dickensian, yes. Yeah. And the sort of heightened reality, not characters that are very like David Copperfield, I think of like Mr. McCauber. I don't know how familiar you are with, with Dickens characters, but the sort of like non-naturalistic, almost fantastical. But kind of in like an illusory, like in a lot of the things, that's why it's kind of like four things is it is like the world, but it's not. It's like a heightened version of the world. So Dickensian is actually a good way of sort of describing some of the characters. But I mean, do you like the Paddington movies? Oh, yeah, they're delightful. So it's just, it just, oh, I just, do you think I, it was the fact that it was a roll doll adaptation and didn't have the spirit of roll doll in it is the sort of thing you really
1: It's a musical that isn't compelling at all as a musical. It's totally flat. And also, I mean, I just can't stand all these movies that are just have so much CGI. They just, they look like garbage. Like, I just, like, I don't understand how, like, people look at, like, Aquaman and, like, you know, and, like, how did we get to a point where, like, we just go, like, oh, yeah, this, like, we accept this? Like, no, this looks awful. I mean, you're uh, in the
0: vanguard of a good CGI. And I'm usually as well, but. I don't know. It's just I think this had a charm to it. I, I'm a big fan of Paul King. I think I don't know. I I really liked it. It's it was funny. It had such it's, great British character actors who I love seeing get Rowan work. Atkinson. Yes, Rowan and Atkinson, Matt Lucas. Uh, oh, but Patterson, but Joseph. it's just like it's like when there and
1: it's just all the shtick. I just was like that's like a lot of that was where I was like I in total I missed five minutes of the movie because I they're just part trust like. God, this is painfully not funny. It's like, oh, and it's just like so obnoxious and like grating. It was grating. I was just like, it was like, you know, chewing on tinfoil fingernails on a chalkboard, like not funny. And also it's almost two hours long. It feels too long. I mean, this is a small criticism of poor things. I, I think it's a little bit repetitive in the
0: second half. I think it goes on a little too long. That's what uh, I thought the first time. But then the second, I was like, wow, this is the best part. It's kind of- well, it's kind of how I felt about Oppenheimer, to be honest, as well. But the first time I saw Oppenheimer, the last hour I was like, "Can we be over with this?" But the more times I'm seeing it, the more I'm enjoying that part. Um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, to
1: me, Wonka is like just, I just it's so everything despised. you don't want
0: to see in a movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think Timothy Chalamet. I mean, this is, I shouldn't say. So like, he could still spit in my mouth. Like, I mean, I, I love. I,
0: you I, would I mean, want to. You would drink his
1: bathwater, as we're starting to say these <laughs> days. <laughs> Yes, I yeah, but I mean, I do love. Well, I mean, I, I we didn't review, I mean, maybe we can later like, review that one. No, I, I hated Saltburn salt too. But you want to uh, do a
0: little five minutes on Saltburn to finish? This? No, no, no. Have
1: you seen it yet? Yeah, I saw it. No, we got to review. I mean, I oh my god, but um, <laughs> you know, I just got lost in thinking about Timothy Chalamet. No, but I mean, I like I do, I do think he's one of the more talented young actors today. Oh, definitely, but, yeah. Uh, And uh, yeah, so I I mean, the
0: movie's done really well at the box office. It's it's over five hundred million dollars at this point. Do you think that's a bad thing for cinema?
1: I just don't think it's a good movie. It just doesn't. I mean, I mean, it's. I just. I don't even know if it's a bad movie. I just. I just. It so repelled me. Yeah. Uh, It just. It wasn't funny. It's not a good musical. I don't like all the CGI. And I just like have such an attachment to Roald Dahl's work. And it just feels so like, I just, I could imagine against the
0: spirit of his sort of whole ethos. Yeah.
1: I, 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 I won't go this. One of my favorite, like stinging, cruel, uh, critical uh, responses was, um, someone said about the cat in the hat, the live action film with Mike, Mike, it's not (laughs) that bad, but, uh, but someone said about that movie one critic wrote, um, if the makers of this movie had dug up Ted Geisel's body and hung it from a tree, they couldn't have desecrated the man more. <laughs> that was so. Oh, really? Such a, that's such a hard. I don't feel that bad, about it. but um, yeah. I, but one
0: thing too is, um, did you see the Wes Anderson Roll Doll Shorts? I I still have not. My Netflix subsur- subscription runs out February first, so I will watch them before that. Yeah, I think uh, they're Were all those really good. Bad. Yeah, but
1: like that, the the first one, especially the world of uh, the, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, that is like one of the best films of last year. It is really? so good. It's mm-hmm. one of the best things Wes Anderson's ever done. And it is like obsessively, anally, like faithful to roll. To the point where characters right. turn to the screen and say, he said, and I said. Like, it's like. Really? And, and it's like fantastic. And it's like so. I mean, I also felt that way about Fantastic Mr. Fox. It so yeah. was a good marriage of like a an director, director and material, uh, and you know, I just like I just don't. And, and it's also like the I felt this way about Maleficent. I really didn't like that. Maybe I didn't like, see that. Why? What, like, why? What's? Why are we? Making what's the a point? Yeah, yeah. Like what? What are we gaining? Like it, it's just. Yeah, you know, it just felt like it was not. Not the novel, not Gene Wilder, not even Johnny. De- it's like where is this? Like where is this in the the mythology of Roald Dahl or Wonka? Like why is this movie? He- yeah, I, one of the worst of the year. Hated it.
0: I quite liked it. I would I would give it about three out of five. I I laughed. I gave it very many times. <laughs> I, just, I I liked just... all of the supporting performances. I thought Keegan Michael Key was very funny. I thought Olivia Colman was extremely funny. I am starting to appreciate this sort of late career Hugh Grant, where he's just kind of like an asshole. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> great in Paddington too. Yes, and his the the press tour he did with Timothy Chalamet was one of the highlights of of my year. There was an incredible moment where they were on a press interview in France and. You could tell how little Hugh Grant wanted to be there. And Timothy Chalamet goes, "Je suis Willy Wonka," and he goes, "Je suis Oompa Loompa.
1: <laughs>
0: I was just like, "Yes, Hugh Grant, this is what I want from you. Get rid of this whole sort of like leading man romantic comedy guy, and just be like an old British curmudgeon who really doesn't like anything that he's in." Um, he's in. He's a, he was funny in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> he was. So, yes. This is this is one of the ones we're at loggerheads with. We've been we've been pretty much on the same page. We've been on a massive recording session here tonight. We've been on the same page on most of them, so it's nice to end with a bit of disagreement. We don't want to always agree on everything, um. So yeah, I think I think a part of it is I'm not really familiar with Roll Dolls work besides sort of like you know tangentially as you. Person growing up, you know, you're aware of James the Giant Peach and, and Wonka and stuff like that, so I have no real sort of attachment to his world and his characters and his sort of tone, which I can understand is quite dark in a lot of ways. Uh, you know
1: Napoleon, I know Roll Yes,
0: there we go. <laughs> so, uh, I think we will be back in the near future with some more general uh, looking back and looking forward episodes um, still some things to see from the last year all of us strangers is starting to open up soon the zone of interest which is like becoming this almost legendary thing everyone has heard about but only jonathan has seen Uh, so hopefully i get to see that in the near future um so thank you for listening and we will be back with you guys next time